The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, usually joined by my co-host, Aaron Murray. But just like last week, Aaron is training for the XFL on this beautiful fall Monday. So I'm calling in a backup, and my man, Ryan Skates, is filling in for Aaron on this episode of Punt and Pass. You know Ryan from the Poor Man's Game Notes, and you know Ryan from his interesting Twitter feed that is always entertaining, at Ryan Skates. We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler 13 and Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 Week 9 is in the books, Skates, and uh, these next two weeks in college football are going to be massive. A couple of big wins last week. Ohio State took care of Wisconsin. LSU held off Auburn. Alabama dominated Arkansas. Oklahoma gets upset, and so does Notre Dame. Let's talk all about it. First off, I'll bring you in. Ryan, how are you, sir? Big week coming up. Absolutely. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited the podcast is finally upgrading to a fellow who is undefeated against Florida as quarterback (laughs) for the Bulldogs. Aaron will be back on Thursday. Don't worry about that. He obviously should be able to break down this humongous matchup, two top 10 teams. Florida ranked ahead of Georgia, but Georgia is favored. The suit's out in Vegas. They know what they're doing, I think. And Aaron, you know his love for Florida and Coach Mullen. It will be interesting for sure. But let's kind of wrap up what happened last week. Speaking of Florida and Georgia, they were both off and a great weekend to be off because number nine, Auburn, lost to number two, LSU, and then number eight, Notre Dame, got absolutely schlacked by Michigan, 45-14. to 14. I thought also, Skates, I thought Oregon was going down Saturday night, Washington State, really kind of botched that game away. And Oregon has jumped ahead of Georgia in the rankings. They're now ranked number seven. Georgia's number eight. Florida is number six. And the biggest news of the weekend is LSU has jumped Alabama. They are now the number one team in the country. LSU and Alabama are both off this upcoming weekend, setting up that huge November 9th matchup in Tuscaloosa. What's the most important thing you saw from this past weekend? Was it Oklahoma going down? Was it Notre Dame with an absolute no-show? Or was it LSU just continuing to roll that train along? Well, for a Georgia guy like me, it was LSU. I mean, obviously, they're ranked number one this week. They seemed control, in control of that Alabama game for all 60 minutes. It got a little dicey. It showed that they 
They had plenty of grit there too. And that was a game where everybody in the stadium, the Tiger Stadium, was just thinking about Alabama the next week. So you pair that with Alabama kicking ass with their backup quarterback. And granted, it was Arkansas. And I believe there's going to have to be something really weird that happens now to keep both of those teams out of the college football playoffs. Mm. And, you know, one of the weird things that would happen would be maybe Georgia or whoever represents the SEC East in the championship game beating either of those teams. But I think the team that loses on November 9th actually has an easier chance to get to the college football playoff than the winner of that game. Uh, considering the winner's going to have to play in the SEC championship game as well. Yeah, there's no doubt. And Aaron's, Aaron's kind of been saying that the whole season long, ever since LSU kind of jumped onto the scene with that big win at Texas. He was saying, dude, the way these two teams are playing, there's a really good chance that two teams from the same division, that being the SEC West, could in fact make it to the college football playoff, barring something crazy happening. And with what Ohio State, is doing. I mean, it was a two-touchdown point spread. I took Wisconsin. I gave that out last week. I just thought Wisconsin's defense was going to be too much for Justin Fields and Ohio State to expose. And when I say expose, win by a score of 38-7. to Sure enough, Ohio State did just that. Now it looks like there's no way Ohio State's going to be kept out of the college football playoff. I don't see Penn State really giving them that much trouble. I believe they play... In two weeks, Ryan, November 15th, I want to say. Um, thoughts on Ohio State? I need to know what you think about Justin Fields, too. Look, I've said it. I'm happy for his success. Everybody knew how good he was. If you're going to be mad at his success, don't be mad at him. Be mad at the NCAA for allowing him to play this season. He should not be playing. That's the situation. <laughs> okay. Um, let's take those one at a time. Please. The loser of the Ohio State. Penn State game, I believe, should be eliminated from the college football playoff, and which opens the door um, for the LSU-Bama loser to make it in, combined with the fact that Oklahoma lost last week. So I think Ohio State is going to blow Penn State's doors off. I think Justin Fields is going to have an amazing day. I mean, Justin Fields, we, we kind of look down on if you're from a, if you're a Georgia person like we are. I don't think there's any sense in hiding the bias there. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he'll, he'll always be remembered for that fake punt where maybe he didn't audible out of that play or he made something out of nothing and it cost us the SEC championship game in 2018. But Justin Fields at Georgia, that was like putting a Ferrari on a go-kart track. I mean, it wasn't a true, <laughs> it wasn't a true indicator of his potential. He was never put in the position to really kick ass. Um, and I would say for somebody who Georgia fans should be mad at watching him have a Heisman type season at Ohio State um, after he was our backup last year. It shouldn't be the NCAA. I'm totally in favor of him being able to leave or anybody being able to even play the next year. It's the guys who were paying millions of dollars over at Bud Smear. I mean, this is it's a total waste of talent having him at Georgia, um, and it's completely maddening for Georgia fans. This is one of the most Georgia situations that ever happened in history is having our former backup go to Ohio State and kick ass. Yeah, and uh, that game against hey, that game against Penn State's November 23rd, excuse me, I thought it was going to be November 16th. Ohio State's number three right now. Penn State's ranked number five. And depending on what happens November 9th, LSU-Alabama, there could be a legitimate chance for Justin Fields to have his Heisman moment, right, really go off against a top-10 team in the nation. That game is at Ohio State. And if you want to talk about the most Georgia thing ever, 
ever. It would be Justin Fields leading Ohio State to a college football playoff, possibly the national championship game, and winning the Heisman Trophy, the Maxwell Trophy, the Walter Camp Player of the Year Trophy, which is all possible. The only icing that you could put on that Georgia cake would be if they beat Georgia in a quarterfinal to make that happen. Oh, my God. I mean, now that would be a bit too much to bear. That game probably would end up being in Atlanta as well, right? Because you would have to think Alabama or LSU, they would go out west to uh, Phoenix, I want to say. It's in Phoenix is the other semifinal game. Yeah. Yes. That would be the most Georgia thing ever. And uh, you would have to think that that is a great possibility of happening. Georgia's got to take care of of a lot of business before we talk about that. One team I want to bring up to you, though, before we kind of look forward to next week, and again, Ryan skates on with us from the Poor Man's Game Notes. If you are not on the list, sir, for Poor Man's Game Notes, Ryan, tell them how they can get on there. Is it invite only? Uh, What's the deal there? How do we get the notes? Go to the pmgn.com. So that's T-H-E-P-M-G-N.com, and there's a subscribe button on there. Put your email address in, and the Poor Man's Game Notes go out Wednesday or Thursday, and it's basically like the same format that a college will put out, uh, a sports information department will put out uh, their, their game notes. But these are much more irreverent, much more crude, um, much less accurate, and uh, a lot more fun to read. So, and, and it focuses on the Georgia game for that week. So uh, all damn good dogs should definitely subscribe. Although we do count a lot of fans of other teams among subscribers. LSU fans are probably the second largest contingent because, um, you know, those Cajuns, they like irreverent shit. Yeah, absolutely. They certainly do. And I know you're kind of a closeted LSU fan, which is completely fine. I'm a closeted Clemson fan. I'll just tell you that right now. Love Dabo Sweeney, one of my good buddies. Chandler Catanzaro was the kicker at Clemson. And when Georgia really wasn't too relevant, 2014, 15, 16, I was in Arizona with Chandler, so I needed a team to root for. I needed a team to bet on. And Clemson actually won me a lot of money. Clemson's now the number four ranked team in the nation. They are undefeated. They they are in the lowly ACC. I just don't see why they continue to take a back seat. They keep taking care of business. They're going to be in the playoff. They're not going to leave the defending national champs out if they're undefeated. Clemson just looks like they're playing with their food each week. It it seems like the same thing could happen to Clemson, maybe that happened to Georgia um, with the South Carolina game. And Granted, I think South Carolina might be the most likely team to do it to Clemson in that they are – going out there they're playing subpar competition and you can tell they expect to win because they have that tiger paw on their helmet and that's been enough i mean their players are much better than the players of any other team they're going to play but somebody might catch them sleeping and uh we want to talk about betting they've got wofford nc state lake forest and south carolina left i throw 10 bucks on a money line bet for somebody to pull the upset you think so uh, I, i think it's worth 40 dollars to see if it happens um, they just they just don't seem to have that killer instinct uh, that they've had in the past. Yeah, granted, I could be wrong. Watch them go into the playoff completely rested, having not played anybody that's worth a damn, and go on a roll. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd put a 45% chance on somebody biting them. NC State and Raleigh, that could be a tough game for Clemson. Lake Forest is 23. I don't think they got the guts to do it. Um, and then you know South Carolina is going to be ready for their game at the end of the year. Uh, Muschamp is going to be looking for a reason to have yeah. the athletic direction to retain him for another year as head coach by that time, too. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I really do think that that South Carolina game could be the one where Clemson slips up. Is it in Columbia? Did you just say that? I kind of zoned out for a second. It is. It okay. is. It's in Columbia. 
Yeah, Wiz, Coach Muschamp's going to need that uh, that victory after they got schlacked by Tennessee this past weekend. Tough scene if you're a Gamecock fan. Tough scene if you're a Georgia fan because uh, that's not what you want your one loss to be looking like. All right, let's turn our attention to Week 10 College Game Day, announcing that they're going to be at Memphis this weekend. SMU taking on Memphis, a top 25 matchup in the AAC. That game's at 7.30 p.m. on ABC and... The biggest game of the weekend, a top 10 matchup, number eight Georgia against number six Florida. This is your typical 330 game on CBS. Georgia, I saw, what are they, like a six-point favorite? Did that already get moved a bunch? I'm not sure if the line's even up right now. Ryan, I know you're a lifelong, or I'll consider you a lifelong Georgia fan. You went to Georgia, double dog indeed. You seem a bit hesitant about Georgia in this matchup. Talk to me. Where are you at right now? What is your what is your confidence level? Please let me tell tell me that you are at least more than sixty percent confident Georgia's going to win this weekend. So wait, if I get if I get Florida plus six and a half points on Saturday, I'm going to take that all day. Are you I'll really? Bet the, I'll bet the proceeds from the truck I just traded in on <laughs> Florida to hang within a touchdown of the dog, and. Here's why. It's because Florida has shown a lot more grit than Georgia has. Um, I don't think they're a better team. I don't think they have a better coach. Um, I don't think they have better individual players than Georgia. But Florida has they've come through losing their starting quarterback in the first game. Then they come back to win against Kentucky in a game they totally should have been out of. They were in a dogfight with Miami. They learned how to win in that game. They hung tight with LSU in that game. They beat Auburn in a tough game. If you then turn the page and look at what Georgia's done, we had a win against Notre Dame, which um, you know was certainly aided by an amazing home crowd that night. And then we thought Notre Dame was going to be a great team. They go out and get blown out by Michigan last week. They might not have been nearly as good as we gave them credit for. And then South Carolina, I mean, we just came out there and played completely flat. Two overtime periods and not one yard gain. This doesn't look like a Georgia team that wants to you know, skin the alligator on Saturday. And you know, Florida, uh, they want this game bad. I mean, they have, they've been making a huge deal out of it. The coach has been talking smack about it all year. You have Todd Grantham on the other sideline, who certainly has not forgotten about not being invited back to be the defensive coordinator at Georgia after Louisville offered him a job. I don't think anybody in their right mind would move from Athens to Louisville. Um, and so he's, crawl back. And you also have our boy C-Rob on the other sideline. He wants to get a big win against Georgia as well. Um, so I think the one factor is going to be there for the orange and blue more so than uh, on our sideline for the first time in years. And uh, I, I don't like the dog chances um, against the hungry gated team. Alright, well let's just get one thing straight. Shout out to our boy C-Rob. C-Rob love you, but C-Rob has about as much importance over Florida winning the game on Saturday as I will have watching from my couch. I think the linebackers coach is going to be pretty important during the week, but on Saturday, don't think he's going to be making a humongous difference in this football game. Shout out C-Rob. Uh, double cross winner a couple years ago. Poor man, indeed. But I have to point to this, right? Georgia coming off the bye week is going to be huge. They have now had time to address their issues on the offensive side of the ball. Florida obviously had a bye week as well. But I have to continue to point this out to people who, for whatever reason, cannot wrap their minds around it. I am very happy 
with where Georgia and Florida are in this rivalry at this given moment as a Georgia fan for one reason only, and his name is Kirby Smart. And then the other reason is a guy named Dan Mullen, okay? If you go back, Ryan, and you look at the history of these two going against each other, whether it was defensive coordinator versus offensive coordinator, when Mullen was at Florida and Kirby was at Alabama, whether it was defensive coordinator against head coach, when Kirby was at Alabama, Dan Mullen was at Mississippi State, and whether it's head coach against head coach, when Kirby was at Georgia and Mullen was at Mississippi State and Florida the record speaks for itself. Now, I know the one thing you're going to say, the one thing everybody says is Alabama was the number one ranked team more often than not. They had a ton of talent. Yes, that may be the case. But here are the points, right? The points that were scored by Mississippi State against Alabama when Mullen was the head coach and Kirby was the defensive coordinator. Starting in 2009, three points, 10 points, seven points, seven points, seven points, 20 points when Mississippi State was the number one ranked team, I believe, in 2014. Six points, okay, in 2015. Everybody remembers the 2016 game when, uh, well, excuse me, they didn't play each other in 2016. 2017, Mississippi State came into Athens, top 25 ranked. Georgia beat them 31 to 3. And then last year, the first year in this rivalry, as the two guys are both head coaches, Georgia took care of business when Florida, again, was in the top. 25. I just think this is a situation much like Georgia fans had dealt with in reverse order when Coach Spurrier was at Florida or Urban Meyer was at Florida against Coach Rick. How many times has Georgia had the more talented team leading into a rivalry game against Florida and completely not been able to do what they intended to do? Look, I know it's hard to wrap your head around, but we could be in this situation for the next few years in this rivalry game. Kirby Smart is distinct, has a distinct advantage, excuse me, over Dan Mullen on game day. I firmly believe that in the statistics speak for themselves. I know as Georgia fans, the negativity and the pessimism creeps in for obvious reasons. But I really think, Ryan, Georgia's in a pretty decent situation from a coaching perspective leading into this game. All right, and you know uh, Kadarius Tony's back, Kadavius Tony, whatever his name is, and then the two Zaniga and um, uh, Big Green, what's his last name? The two defensive linemen are back. Florida's going to be at full strength. Georgia's looking to be a lot more healthy as well. Sorry to go on a rant here. I like where Georgia's at, and there's a reason why Vegas opened them as six point favorites. It's dropped down to four and a half. It probably creeps up to around five, five and a half. It's going to be a great game, and I think Georgia has a chance to kind of do what they've done the past couple of years, run the ball, and then put it away late in the third quarter, fourth quarter. Am I wrong? Are you really sitting here saying that Florida is going to win this game when Vegas is telling you that they're the underdogs? I would I would love nothing more than for the exact situation you just described to play out, and that's, that's what I'm pulling for. But um, and, and granted, I think the Georgia defense is going to give us a lot of reasons to be excited as Bulldog fans on Saturday, this might be an all-time Georgia defense we have been completely wasted on this Georgia offense. Yeah, but um, here, here's here's where I am nervous is when Jake Fromm has the ball in his hand and nothing has happened, and he might start to force some throws. You know, early in the year, everybody's talking about how we need to open up the offense more. Let Jake Fromm throw the ball more. Then we go play South Carolina and he throws a pick six. Then he throws 
Um, he, he gives the ball up four times, and you know maybe all four of those weren't completely his fault, but he started to get anxious and force things. Grantham is Grantham has seen that, and I I think Florida has an above average chance of scoring points on defense against our offense, and that's what still has me nervous. Uh, it's not so much I think P Ryan and all these guys are going to go crazy um, on our defense. I just don't see our offense not only able to hold their own. I don't see our offense maybe not being able to keep Georgia out of a compromised position in a game that's emotional and turbulent as this one is. I think I saw a statistic this morning in the last eight or nine matchups, I want to say, the team with the most rushing yards has won the football game, Ryan. Um, that even goes back to my senior year, 2011, when I think Richard, Richard Samuel had like 58 yards and a four-yard touchdown to ice it late. Uh, this is going to be the most important matchup. DeAndre Swift, Brian Harrion, Zeus White, get your hard hats on because I think Kirby and Coach Coley are going to try to establish the run game, challenge that offensive line, attack the DNs, attack Florida's really good DNs, and then wait for Todd Grantham to get aggressive, as he always does, and try to exploit it. Look, Georgia is averaging 236 rushing yards per game. Florida's only averaging 142 rushing yards per game. Georgia, conversely, only allows 85 rushing yards per game. Florida, not bad, 124 rushing yards per game allowed. That's going to be the matchup. Statistics like that speak for themselves. Can Tony, uh, Florida's speedster, make a big difference? I don't know, but I like Georgia in this game. I've said it since the beginning of the season. I just like Kirby better than Dan Mullen. And I don't say that as a fan. I say that as looking at statistics and looking at previous matchups. Um, I'll be down there for Danny Danny Warfel's Desire Cup. I'm going to have to put up with a bunch of Florida guys. Obviously, I'll make a few birdies at his charity golf tournament. That will certainly be a factor in the game, probably as much as a factor oh, as C-Rob uh, during um, – during the fourth quarter, shout out C-Rob. Uh, what are your plans? Are you going to be down at Sea Island with all the rest of Bulldog Nation? Yeah, we'll be down there. We'll be watching the game uh, from St. Simons. We will not be going down to Jacksonville. Um, I, I love St. Simons for that weekend. If you've never been, it's just the coolest thing ever. It's every Georgia person's favorite beach town, and then it looks like Athens. Car flags on every car, Georgia fans everywhere. You go to East Beach and just see the scene that is. Um, it, you know, the depravity of, of the future of our state. The Georgia students just going bonkers on East Beach is always a lot of fun to watch on Friday. And, um, you know, in my experience, maybe it's just a generational thing because we didn't beat Florida very much um, when I was in school. Um, you know, there's a point in the third quarter if you go to the game or you look around and you think, golly, I'm in a, I'm in a shipping yard in Jacksonville, Florida right now. <laughs> yes. I got Daylight saving starts tomorrow, and it's just a rough place to be. Uh, but those thoughts don't enter your mind when you stay back at the beach. So if anybody's going to be on St. Simon's, let me know. I'm sure we'll be posted up at Nats or Mellow Mushroom or um, head over to the beach club to, to watch the actual action. So uh, look us up. Yeah, that you, you're going to be locked in. Again, follow him on uh, Twitter, at Ryan Skates, on Instagram, at Ryan Skates, or at Poor Man's Game Notes. Um, news broke last week to Florida Georgia game to remain in Jacksonville through 2023. I think that's ridiculous. My sources had told me that Georgia agreed to move the Auburn game into late September, early October, 
with the notion of believing that the Florida-Georgia game would be switched to a home-and-home, thus giving them one more home game for recruiting purposes. That does not look like to be the case. And like you just said, I mean, there are much better places to be than Jacksonville, Florida, a.k.a. St. Simons, a.k.a. Ponte Vedra, a.k.a. your couch, my couch in Johns Creek, Georgia, which is where I'll be. Um, But you know what? It's a neutral game site. It is really cool. When we're doing the show and we're talking to other players, Texas, Oklahoma jumps out uh, when you're talking to guys in the Red River shootout. When you're looking down the uprights and one half of the uprights blue and orange, the other half is red and black. That is extremely special. It has a bowl game feel to it. It really does. Georgia's fall break will be this weekend. Florida, I believe, does their fall break around it as well. But the thing to remember is, one, Florida does have a distinct advantage. I mean, Gainesville is right down the road. Georgia fans do have to travel. The dogs do have to fly down there. Um, I was kind of upset to see that it's going to be remaining in Jacksonville. I even would have liked to seen like a rotating home, home, um, Jacksonville, Atlanta type deal, something other than just Jacksonville each and every year. But you know what? Georgia's getting an additional 350000 for airfare. Each school gets $60,000 a stipend every year for travel. Whatever. I feel like Florida was trying to push it around to make sure that happened, and Georgia didn't want to, but that's a story for another day. What's your uh, what's your prediction for the game, Ryan? Give me your score prediction. What's going to happen before I let you go and, and get this get this beautiful fall week underway? Oh, man, I... <laughs> oh, oh, you're scared. I, I you you don't even know what to say. Who who depends on who's going to be able to be able to take control of the game. Here's here's who I'm pulling for big time on Saturday as a Georgia fan, and here's who I want to see play with something to prove is our offensive line. Um, we have you know a bigger offensive line than most NFL teams. It's ridiculous, but these guys are not going out there and being killers. They're just kind of they're, they're leaning on the other team. They're hoping that their deficiencies uh, compare, you know, their effort deficiency combined with their sheer size and the fact that they have guys like Zamir White, DeAndre Swift, and Brian Herring behind them is enough to get them through. We need them to be in the trenches, kicking ass every second we have the ball. If you see that attitude from Georgia early, I think the dogs win big, but we haven't seen it so far. No, you um, haven't seen and, it so far, but that's a good reason to think that it might happen. I got a question for you. I'm going to cut you off. All right. Looking back at last year, Georgia was up 13 7 at half. Florida got the ball after halftime, scored right away on a three play, 48 yard drive to go up 14 to 13. And then Georgia really took over, ended up winning the game 36 to 17. Is there any chance of that happening if Florida comes out and punches Georgia in the mouth to start out the second half? Mm, I don't like that situation for the Bulldogs. You heard that song, Lizzo, Truth Hurts? Yes, yes, why, indeed. Why are men great till they got to be great? The dogs have been great until they've got to be great. Yep. Uh, and if, if Florida puts us in a position where the dogs have to be great, I've just seen this movie too many times to, to bet the farm on them, on them rising to the occasion. I sure hope they're wrong. But uh, I think the psyche of this whole fan base goes to show that it hasn't happened a lot. Well, you know, at Punt and Pass, we can break down the game as 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 dialed in as you want to get. But I can promise you, and I've been in a lot of team meetings when big-time games come up, 
I can promise you the two things that these coaches are telling their teams. Each coach, one, we've got to win the running game battle, and two, we cannot turn the football over. Florida had three turnovers last year to Georgia's none. Georgia, in their only loss of the season this year, turned the ball over four times. you got to run the ball, and you got to hold on to the football. That will be the difference maker in the game. I will give you my prediction on Thursday's episode of Punt and Pass. Ryan Skates, thanks for taking some time out on a Monday morning to fill in for the SEC's all-time leader in touchdown passes and yardage thrown for. That, of course, is Aaron Murray. Follow Ryan at Ryan Skates on Twitter, at Ryan Skates on Instagram, and at Poor Man's Game Notes. Go to thepmgn.com and subscribe to get on the notes. Ryan, anything on the way out, my man? Well, just in my defense, after comparing my stats to Aaron's, I will again say I never lost a game as quarterback for the Ducks. So. <laughs> my man, well, thank you so much for your time. Follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Christina has a cool giveaway going on where you can call in, ask us a few questions, and hang for a segment on the podcast. Follow Aaron at Aaron Murray 11. Follow me at Drew Butler 13. Big week for the Dogs, big week for college football. Big couple of weeks with the college football playoff rankings coming out. In just a few, we will talk to you on Thursday. See you.